Hey everybody, welcome to episode 82 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. I'm Ben, and once again, I'm joined by Blood Tithe Ben. How you doing, BT? Hello. Doing really good. How are you? Not bad, man. What's new? Uh, not a lot. I I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to the hobby because, I mean, it's it's different for once. So <laughs> I can talk about that. But otherwise, you know, not a lot. Two weeks going by. Christmas is coming. It's all going very rapidly. Yes, Christmas is legitimately soon. So we're recording on the 9th. This is coming out on the 11th. Yep. Okay, yeah, and that means, oh, that means the next episode is the Christmas episode. Oh, wow. Uh, no, yeah. Um, yeah, that is coming quick. We better it? sort that out. I think, uh, yeah, we better sort that out, because <laughs> um, that will be coming out actually on Christmas, because that's the 25th. Oh, damn. Have you started? Did have we you... do that last year? I, I, think, I think we, we did. on Christmas last year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we I moved it around. It um, all yeah. right, it's going to be Christmas jumpers and stuff next next episode oh, yeah. then. Uh, yeah. I, have you started Christmas shopping yet? Uh, I haven't. No, no, I'm no. really bad when it comes to this. Like, I, I'm i a very much last-minute shopper. Fortunately, uh, my partner and I, we have decided we're not going to do, like, Christmas stuff this year, so that helps it. But just because we're moving house, we're just going to focus on... We'll do our Christmas oh, yeah. when we move and sort everything out then. Just um, before you move house, here's a bunch of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> No, uh, that, that that is a little bit easier, but no, I'm I'm a terrible Christmas shopper. Yeah, How about Am- you? Amazon Prime. Um, someone yeah. else asked me this the other day. They were like, "Have you started Christmas shopping?" I was like, "Is it the twentieth yet?" <laughs> like, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, but I think we're having quite a quiet year when it comes to the Christmas thing as well. I mean, we've got yeah. a whole house thing hopefully next year too. But also just. I don't know, we've had a great year and we've got a load of stuff that we don't need and actually there's probably not much point. Christmas now is about eating and sleeping more than anything else. Exactly, yeah. I, I'm. It's, the, it's like my, honestly, I know people get like, you know, it's kind of like bar humbug is the way to go. But no, Christmas is excellent. I love waking up, just starting on like, what is it? fizz straight first in yeah. the morning let's start that early <laughs> and then it's just you know sage and onion all day and it's the best it is <laughs> so good it yeah. is so good although i i've always wanted yeah. to have a christmas curry like as the christmas dinner i know that like the turkey is traditional i have i have very little time for turkey um i'm cooking for the family this year and i was like look, do you really want a turkey like there's only gonna be four of us because my brother and his girlfriend are at theirs um tiff's family are spread around their various people so it's just uh, I'm cooking for my mum and dad and Tiff. I was like, look, should we just get a, a chicken and we'll do a beef joint as well? That'd be great. And my mum was like, oh, nice. but, but you know, what about the turkey? I'm like, how much? How much are we going to eat? Anyway, uh, sure. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm now cooking a turkey as well. So, because uh, yeah, apparently that's the only tradition that matters is that we have a massive <laughs> bland chicken instead of standard <laughs> chicken. I'm like, no, no, no. No, Christmas is about quantity, not quality. I was like, all right, okay. The English uh, traditional yeah, flavour of yeah. bland. No, no, no. It was like, right, yeah, fair enough, but I am covering it with bacon. Like, this thing oh, is yeah. going to come out looking like an armadillo made of pig. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is it Sorry, for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to stuff it with a beef joint. It's going to be... Uh, and a duck. Yeah, and a duck. Turducken. Yeah. Right. Anyway, Ben, other than Christmas food, what are we talking about on today's episode? 
uh, today we're going to review Dungeon Bowl, uh, share our thoughts on that. Um, we're also going to be going through the November FAQ for Blood Bowl, which came out recently, which has some pretty interesting stuff in, um, and then also the usual games and hobby. Absolutely. Right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with news. Right, levels are good. My camera is a little green because I haven't figured this out yet. Have I turned the very aggravating echo off? I have. Oh, man, had to re-record a bunch of videos this week uh, because I... Yeah, new camera, and the camera's got a mic on it because it's a phone, and then I ended up just having this echo. And absolutely... just turn off the audio for that? No, when you export it, it's just, say, as an MKV, it's all one track. Oh, okay. Yeah. Riggedy wrecked, son. Um, you can't just like, mute the track. No. Oh, no, but I guess you need to... Yeah, you know, do separate audio, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it was close. Yeah. It was close, but it's fine. Anyway, Blood Bowl news. <clears throat> okay, so, oh man, Blood Bowl is it's just not slowing down. I'm starting to think Games Workshop actually do like Blood Bowl again, which is... I know. It's, it, I'm just, <laughs> it's every, great. Yeah, everyone's so used to just being like the stepchild that, uh, you know, lives under a stairs and is apparently a wizard. Um <laughs> Wizards in Blood Bowl, the way forward. Anyway, uh, first bit of Blood Bowl news is something that we've all been massively needing, and there's no other way to get it to the pitch, and that is another Rat Ogre. Another yes. Rat Ogre. I mean, what do you think to the mini, Ben? I absolutely love it. I think it's um, a huge improvement to the previous one. I'm not huge on their paint job on it, um, if I'm being totally honest. Do you know but, what? Um, as far as the Forge World paint jobs go, I think this is one of the better ones I've seen. Like, it, that's it, true. It's the yeah. it's the least flat that I think we've seen in a long time, and they've got yeah. different skin tones. It's 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 well executed. It's not brilliant, but the model is a massive improvement. I love the model. Do we suspect this is another Trogger's? Trogger's sculpt? Or... Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about this, and I, I, I will admit, I started some of it. Um, <laughs> I was like, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean? Are we getting more Skaven? Is there going to be another Skaven team? What's, what are we going to see land next? Um, no, I think I think very much that. I know you and I talk about this before, Ben, like when it gets to joining Games Workshop and digital sculpting, they'll have you make some models and actually... Once they've got the model, it cannot be much for them to print it on a high-def printer and get the guys to make a mould of it, like, at all. Yeah. Like, we could fund that. Um, and I think if they could, and they've just got it. So, yeah, I think I think they probably had him um, do a bunch of big guy models, and they've been like, oh, nice Croxagore, like, nice Ratoga. Like, and, and to be fair, this could have been stuff that he was working on before he joined Games Workshop. Quite possibly, like I think the fat chains are really—they really remind me of the um, giant. Yes, yes. Like they seem really similar. Yeah, it's probably the same. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about three D sculpting, though, isn't it? You get to reuse oh, those assets. Yeah. Like it's wicked. I mean, you see it on Games Workshop stuff all the time. Like I remember the orc terrain they produced. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's of the orc vehicles. It's like a where's really cool. Wally of sprues that they've actually just yeah, used. It really is. Yeah. See, they used to do that. Like back in the old days, they. They'd take old models, cut them up, and sculpt bits over them to make new masters of stuff. I mean, it's no different, really. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. And use that argument whenever anyone challenges you about 3D printing Games Workshop uh, stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, they used to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you ever have you ever hard sculpted a master of anything? I've I've sculpted stuff, 
but never produced it. I've only ever had digital stuff. So I have this. I have this. This problem. I have many problems, but this one is is probably like not going to surprise anybody. But like when I create work or when I create something, I get really anxious if I can't replicate it endlessly. Mm-hmm. I I have this weird thing. So you know when I did that dungeon tile thing. I was like, yeah, I could, like a couple of years ago, like all the plaster tiles and stuff. I was like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to make a bunch of tiles, but I need to make infinite tiles or I'm going to be upset. And it's really strange. So when I did that, I made one master and then I edited that master. Like I made a, a, a model of it and then added other stuff and took it and then made masters of that. And it's very much how like the original sculpting was done. Like they'd take those weird body things and they'd add it to it. And you used to see it with all like the old Games Workshop metal stuff. Like they'd have like basically oh, cool. the same poses or the same legs, and you'd be like, "Hey, it's the same legs," because they've used that Katachan guy legs, Katachan right. and, and Orlox, like so similar. Oh, yeah. The Orlox were basically jacket. Yeah, they just had jackets on. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. Have... Hang on, because it's the it? like oh yeah, we need right we need here. some we need some dudes in so bait. Comes on the camera. It's the old Katachan yeah. lieutenant. Or is that an Orlock leader? Um, you know, yeah, I thought it was Necromunda one, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, because that's how it used to go. So now, like 3D printing with the assets is, is exactly the same. It's just a slightly different medium. Anyway, so the Rat Ogre landed, and there was a lot of talk around, like, oh, are we going to see another Skaven team? Are we going to see a different? Like, are we going to see who are the uh, who are the Beast dudes for Skaven? The Beast dudes, like the Beast Clan, is it Molder? Oh yeah, I think it is. Because there's pest- pestilence. Yeah. Are the I have all the ogres disease. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the case. Of, are we going to see a clan molder team? Like, is it important that they've got another rat ogre, or is it just because actually they put the rat ogre in every other team at the moment? Which I'm uh, yeah, okay, I'll select one. <laughs> yeah, I mean the rat ogres in more teams than corn are in dungeon bowl um, colleges. So it's yep. it's. I mean, it's a really cool model. Um, and we do have a Croxagore landing because I, I I know that in in the group chat Ian was like oh you know rip Croxagore and I was like hey there's, the Croxagore's actually coming now I mean when it yeah. when it comes to Blood Bowl are we at the point where we we're, we're complete for current teams What else um, are we missing That's a really good point What are we missing I think that is everything Yeah I mean oh Rumbelow of every not teams of legend obviously but no no of the teams they've brought back proper. I don't know if we're missing any positional or any star players except Rumbelo and uh, Bryce the Slice Campbell, the mm. ghost dude. I, and then we're back up to speed with everything. It's just funny. Yeah, all the goblins have all of their positionals, don't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they do. Poor goblins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they need their star players desperately. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So this is cool. So we're at we're at a point now where they're getting to redev some stuff, and they kind of have done it. They did it with the star players going into this edition, and I liked the old Griff because he kind of had like a Judge Dread vibe, but the yeah. new, the new Griff, with the exception of the instructions being just wrong, is a great model. Uh, you know, the new yeah, Varag really good, yeah. is a tank. So actually, them updating some models is great. Sadly, it is going to be another Forge World resin kit, and he's a big boy. So this. This is probably not going to be one of your 19, 20 pound ones. This is probably going to be a 30. Yeah, and most likely he does He does look pretty hench. Yeah. The 40 mil base for sure, so yeah. I can't remember how much Creek was, but I think he's probably the same similar size. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is fair enough. Anyway, the Rat Ogre was uh, spoiled, which is pretty cool. 
And before we move on to the FAQ stuff, uh, Barrack Farblast was also previewed. Now, I, this is pretty cool. I mean, Barrack Farblast is the is a, a really kind of iconic Blood Bowl star player. Him and Flint Churnblade, yeah. like the two, like why is there a dude with a bazooka? Why is there a dwarf with a chainsaw? That's kind of like the pinnacle of Blood Bowl. So they, the fact they brought this guy back is really interesting. I mean, what do you reckon to the model? I think this actually is maybe one of my favourite Blood Bowl models that exists. It and is. I don't know if that's because it's a cannon, but I just think it's so good. Like, I'm not usually a huge fan of like sculpted smoke and stuff like that. No. But I just think this is so well done. It's so dynamic. Like he's being like launched back from the ball he's shooting out of a cannon, and I just think that's amazing to put all of that into like such a you know small frame is awesome. Now you say small frame. Scroll when he came out from Forge World was noticeably mm. smaller than oh, dwarves and halflings. <laughs> I just yeah, I mean he's missing the uh, the, the, the mass, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's let's hope this guy lands and is a proper size. I mean, on the website they've got the picture of the original Barrack Farblast, which is just a proper retro model with the round hat and everything. And it's it's a cool reimagining and massively fits in with the dwarf aesthetic. Like he's he's just a dwarf player yeah. with a cannon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and really cool. Classic Games Workshop, he's on one foot as well. Um which doesn't actually cause as many problems as it could do for Blood Bowl. Cause that one looks like he's got like a sculpted bit as well, like yeah. glues on a bit easier. Yeah, there's, a, yeah. there's a bit of chunk there. Um, I just love it. Yeah. I, I think it's wicked that they're bringing back these these star players. And I mean, how do you? What do you feel about the fact that they're kind of bringing them back ad hoc now? Um, I, I, I think it's fine. I think it's just more options. I, I the only thing I, I really. I'm not a huge fan of is the price point they come in at, but <laughs> I, I'm happy to see them exist for sure. It's just not something that's really accessible for a lot of people, especially at this pace they're bringing them out. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, for ages, we only saw star players that landed in conjunction with like spikes and releases. Then we've seen Creek, and we kind of thought, "Ooh, is that going to be tied in with Chaos Dwarves?" No, it, it Creek Rust Gouge of the Verminator just got released just because they'd made it, and now. Barrack Farblast is being released and we've got to the point where now like actually the rules come with the pack like it's it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. potentially I mean it might mean something um you know what else could have World's Edge is it going to be Norse you know is it going to be Chaos Dwarves could he play for both you know the, the good dwarves and the bad dwarves like it's definitely a possibility but Creek Ruskouch just landed and Barrack Farblast is just going to land with rules and um I mean, like you said, Ben, the price point is not brilliant. Uh, and I, if 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 this was like a collectible card game or, uh, you know, another famous tabletop uh, pay-to-win game like Age of Sigma or, um, <laughs> or 40k, like, boom, we've got this new special character. This is a £20 tax. You have to use him to be competitive. That is something that, with the exception of the Hackflem debacle, which we are going to come to later isn't really something in blood bowl like this is very much this is more like a living card game like this is like hey here's an expansion like there's 20 quid but you can run him and he's cool and it's a thing it's a painting project it's one it's one thing it just feels worse yeah. at the moment because they've just dropped the the blood spawn and Scylla and max and 
what else has come out from Forge World recently? The Verminator, and there was another Forge World thing that came at the same time as the Verminator. Wilhelm Cheney, um, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that, and the Corn Team, and then Dungeon Bowl has just landed. Um, I mean, why do you think all of a sudden it's Blood Bowl fever when we've had basically nothing this year? I don't know. It's like like you're saying with like the ad hoc release, though. Is it seems like they they have these things and then less like well, we need to support. Well, actually, because I, I was going to say, like, with the star players, like, they released the corn star players all quite rapidly with the team coming out, and that's fair enough. But then you say, you know, you've got Creek and Barrack, and just it's randomly just like, dropped. And Rumbelo isn't even yeah. out yet. Um, yeah. It hasn't even been previewed. It's hard to say. It's weird, I isn't it? I don't know what their plan is. But I, I like it. I Again, I I like the support. It's just, um, it's there's always that element of just, like, this is really cool. But... You know, I can only spend so much on the hobby a month, and yeah. sometimes twenty oh. quid is better on a team than it is on a ball for the can. That's cool as it is. It's all right. It's like cool dropping a star player a month and a half after the, a team has come out because you're like, oh, I kind of got an itching for for something. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll spend my hobby budget. I'll pick up a star player this month because nothing else is going on. Like, it's pretty cool in that regard. Mm-hmm. And it just seems that if they'd gone right, you know what? Let's spread this out across the year, um, and then everyone's going to pay twenty five pounds every every month. Rather than just being like, oh, I'm now going to have to spend two hundred pounds, but but I I would have spent three hundred pounds across the year, but now you've got these shiny new releases, and I've only I've only got two hundred pounds to spend this month, so you, you, they're kind of missing out. It's a very strange one, but if you look yeah. at this compared to the other games like Necromunda and and Underworlds, where they have a legitimate roadmap, Blood Bowl just feels like a a passion project. And I, th- I do, and I yeah. like, I really like that. I mean, we here on the channel, we're a passion project. We try our very best to have a schedule and to put things out regularly and stuff like that. But we do this because we love it. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, Underworlds, they do it to a strict schedule because that's where their that's where their head is. Blood Bowl just every now and again gets a ton of love. And you know, in the last month, we've had a team two star players three star players four star players and two big guys and and you know a boxed game and it's just it's great like it's brilliant it's cool it puts on the radar as well because i've i've had friends who just play warhammer just the big the big tabletop games the army games and even they're just like oh there's this blood bowl thing you'd be going on about ben is it good is it any good yeah, yeah. Um, and that's that's <laughs> awesome like yes i have been saying that for many months but... so you know what maybe, just, maybe yeah. big splash releases maybe big chunks of release is better for the game um i think it might be from, from a marketing point of view from games workshop because it's like whoa there's a ton of support for that game all of a sudden what's going on with that game as opposed to and don't care about blood bowl this month next move on to this move on to this oh my gosh like december is all blood bowl like what the heck is this maybe maybe they've got it right like maybe yeah. keeping us on our toes and stressing out you know people to be like oh there's something else and something else and every monday there's like blood bowl stuff coming on um so every monday i'm in a meeting and i'm like come on games workshop wait till five wait till five come on wait till five <laughs> and they never do and i see all the whatsapp pinging in the background i'm like oh discord's going crazy what, what have they done what have they done what are we going to see and it's a star player and the faq um and it's ah oh, it's awesome yeah. it's really awesome um Okay, Blood Bowl news. Uh, can, I think that's about it. I couldn't see any Kickstarters going on at the moment. Um, the Undead Stadium one has been basically fulfilled now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, um, some nice messages of that. He's just working on fleshing out the team. <laughs> Un- undead fleshing out the team to have flesh <laughs> golems and werewolves as well. 
which is pretty cool. So actually, from the last time we spoke on the other episode, we previewed the models, and now they're basically out. I don't know if they're supported yet or not, but Ben, we'll talk about this in hobby in just a second. I have been on an absolute roll with supporting my own stuff, and I know that it has been a year now, but I haven't, I haven't had so a proud. failure from my own supported stuff in a very long time. I have had to support stuff that came pre-supported because I felt more comfortable doing my own supports than the pre-supports. And I'm like, it's true. all right, we've finally, finally made it. Like I, I scoffed at somebody's video on YouTube yesterday because um, they were doing a thing and I was like, ha, what are they doing? And I was like, hey, you've made it. You're a grognard printer now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can now complain. You can leave comments on YouTube videos explaining why people are wrong. Yeah, it's all really good. <laughs> oh, the internet's not a place for telling people we're wrong, right? <laughs> I don't know how to respond no, no, to that. <laughs> Siri doesn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> sure, it comes in. That's, inc- that's incredibly useful. Um, all right, Groovy, I think that is it for Blood Bowl news. So let's have a good chat about hobby and then we can dive into all like the Dungeon Bowl stuff, the FAQ stuff, because it's been quite a busy month. <laughs> okay, and you okay? Yeah, yeah, just 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 oh, just, 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 <laughs> just born different, but I, I I need to know the end of some stuff before the movie. Uh, before so. I'm I'm like for okay, so the Matrix is coming out, like the Matrix Four. Let's mm-hmm. do it again, um, and it looks trippy. But like, if the plot lands before I get a chance to go see that film, I'm not going to be able to not go and read it, and it will in no way ruin the movie for me like plot twists and stuff like Hello? that I, I don't i don't like them it's like birthday surprises and stuff i live in fear <laughs> of my birthday so i'm like what do you want to do for your birthday i was like oh nothing really i just love to chill out and you know paint or something but no it's a birthday surprise what are we doing today we're going to see your family for your birthday and i'm like i wasn't oh, bad it's the worst like i'm with you on that <laughs> that that is the worst possible thing you could ever do for someone's birthday just putting them out there yeah, yeah. oh we're gonna like, take don't this. do anything unless they say they want to yeah like yeah. oh then we're gonna go for dinner i'm like that sounds actually that's really lovely sweetheart that sounds brilliant and everyone's gonna be there i'm like oh why what is this um <laughs> No, 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 no. I remember when I lived in in Dorset. Like I phoned my mum. I think it was. I think it was on my birthday. I don't know why I phoned her. Or I think I. I think I probably just had post or something. And I was like, "Hey, mum." She's like, "Oh, happy birthday! You know, you're having a great day. You coming around to see us?" And I was like, "No, no. I'm. I'm just. I'm off today. So I'm just gonna paint." Oh, you're not gonna come see us? And I was like, yeah. "It's my birthday. You want me to drive an hour to see you?" <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> we do that on a normal day. Though. Yeah, like oh, I guess I'm coming <laughs> to see the family then. Uh, um, and then the following year, we had a power cut. So Tiff and I set up a game of. Um, no, we were going to watch. I can't remember if it was Falling Skies or The Expanse. Like I was just going to binge some episodes of that, and then in the afternoon we were going to play a game mm-hmm. of. Uh, in the evening, we played Dead of Winter. Um, awesome, oh, cool. yeah. super lined up. Got up power's off I'm like oh this sucks that's fine like we'll just do some stuff uh power came back on we made dinner sat down set up dead of winter and the power went out <laughs> again so two power cuts um so we played dead of winter by candlelight which was actually that, that actually sounds pretty cool it was like it was really cool yeah. i mean potentially a fire risk 
there's a lot of cardboard in that game. Uh, but oh, who cares? I don't know. I mean, did you ever like? I guess LARPing is is mega uncool. Um, uh, but like when we were when we were younger, we must have been like I don't know, twelve, thirteen. We had proper proper like Stranger Things D and D nights. And oh, um, I'm so jealous. We all made Viking shields one night, one day, and then we camped in the garage. Like we had, we went full medieval. Like my mum and dad were so great when we were kids. Like um, they made us like this massive pot of soup, and they got some rotisserie chickens. We had like this banquet in the garage, and we all just like camped That's out incredible. there. It was it was wicked. It, like <laughs> we had candle. Actually, we didn't have candles because my granddad was a bit of a nutter, so we had like paraffin lamps and stuff. Like again, massive fire. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, my granddad is the reason that we like with our longbows used to go out and be like, oh, let's make flaming arrows. Um, and we'd like tie, we'd like tie tissue paper to the end of it. And he would be like, what are you doing? That's not going to work. Give it here. And he'd go in there and he'd come back with like a pot of paraffin soaked rags. And he's like, use these because they'll burn better. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed that guy. He was awesome. He was great. He's these children. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I, I just can't imagine what he used to get up to on the farm when he was young. Actually, I do. It was shooting rats with a rifle. <laughs> uh, woohoo, Hampshire. Um, no, it was wicked. That is, that is a very Hampshire thing, yeah. Yeah, that's this pro- oh. proper Lewis Morgan. Um, proper Lewis Morgan, that one. <laughs> anyway, hobby-wise, BT, I've got a picture of your lovely um, red tank wagon of the Orcs. Oh, you put the, ba- the wagon up? Yeah, yeah, put the wagon up. So, okay, I have This is show and tell finished. time now. Ben's been busy. It, it, yeah, it is. I've I've had I've had a hell of a week. Not gonna lie. Um, so I finished the Necron commission, which is finally done. Oh, mate! Congratulations. Five months, I think. Yeah, all sent off. All happy. That's all good. Did it I'm arrive? Very relieved to have that out of my head. Did it, it did arrive? Did arrive. That's, that's also the thing. Is I sent it by sent oh. it by raw mail. All packaged up nicely. Sent it special delivery, guaranteed, and all tracked insured. Didn't arrive the next day having a panic attack yeah we, we were playing we were playing dungeon bowl and you kept twitching and i was like are you okay do i need to phone allison yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's one o'clock like i need to is, know where this is yeah. i need to yeah i need to go i need to hunt it down i'm gonna manually deliver it yeah um and no it just arrived a day late but i got that refunded and it was all good um but that arrived it's all good um but yeah and instead i've been painting my old orcs for for 40k um, I've got a game the weekend that we're recording this. So the, yeah, when this podcast comes out, I'll be playing the game. Got oh, a little tournament around with friends. That's um, so good. I haven't seen in a while. So yeah, there's uh, like four of us, I think, just having a little tournament, um, which is going to be really fun. Um, so it's like three games. We're going to time them, and yeah, see <laughs> sounding less fun. Best time I've, <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be so chill. I'm, I'm We're going to have like... timers. They're going to shock you if you go over four minutes a turn. Um, Space yeah, Marine well, players. It's more, it's more to. <laughs> no. It's more so we can all play know, each other. That's kind of the reason. Um, but yeah, I've. Uh, I, I'm not huge on 40k. If I'm honest, like I like the setting and I love the models and I love everything about it except the game. Oh, we were um, talking about this before the recording, weren't we? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. I was. I was watching a live good, stream of it. 
and it was just like mm. there's, there's guys really cleverly put together because we, we've been doing loads of cool stuff with cameras to, to try and make our games easier and quicker to film and um, we're watching some stuff and I was watching this 40k game and I was like that's a nice looking table and then just listening to them argue over like oh yeah this 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 guy can charge this guy but he have to turn his base sideways so it led to this situation where there was two <laughs> buildings and this knight was sidestepping along like he was snake um like along <laughs> the side of the wall and then the guy was like no nah, i can't quite reach it's like what do you mean oh, this eight inches it's just over eight inches if we can't charge i'm like buddy come on like what is this like it's not phoenix right <laughs> i <laughs> uh yeah it did, I did make me I'm consider it might be like that but Nah, it's, it, when you're hanging out yeah. with friends, you, you've got to go with that attitude of like, ah, round up, yeah, it's fine, yeah, this is I cool. Yeah, going to get food and, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. that's the best um, way to play. Be fun. But yeah, it'd be nice to play Orcs. I've been, yeah, been painting loads of bikers and my big tank in the show and tell. So, <laughs> trying to get all this ready for Saturday, this definitely won't be. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Love Having fun painting my own things for a change. Yeah, um... I've I've actually done you? I've actually done I've been yeah I've had a bit of a stressful week this week uh, suffering from a bit of just burnout and general kind of misery and rage of some certain things uh, and I was like you know what I need to take some time so um, I've been printing just stuff to make myself feel better because it's 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 essentially retail therapy but it doesn't feel quite so bad when you throw it in the bin after never having used it. Um, and th- this week I printed some 10 mil fantasy, some battle tech, some uh, halflings from Punga, nice. uh, and uh, some 3 mil battle mechs for no purpose, and some spaceships. Like, just complete, like, none of it is useful. Like, in my head, it's useful. Those Punga halflings, though. They're so good. They're good. Uh, I don't know if I've got a picture of them. I'll see if I can put that on the thing. No, I'm really impressed with them. I, I scaled them up to 110. I did one print of 100, 110, 120. And uh, mm-hmm. 110 is is the place. That's where you want to be, um, which is awkward. Seems like the case for most of Punga stuff, right? Uh, I think the dwarves were 120, 110. but the Nurgle, yeah, the Nurgle were 110, right, okay. just to get them the same size as the Games Workshop stuff. Um, that's kind of kind of where you had to be. But no, I I just took some time and um, did some some hobby painting of my own. Uh, I lost a bit. I got basically. We got new cameras and stuff. We've been doing a new setup. So if you're watching this on YouTube, like hopefully you can see the, the, my massive tired eyes uh, and slightly better quality with a nice green shimmer around the edge um, because I haven't got the balances right. Ah oh, man, camera, new camera, as a mic. What you got to do when you put a new mic setting up? Turn the flipping mic off. And what have you got to do every single time? Always make sure that your mic channel, the additional new mic channel, is switched off. And what didn't I do when I recorded Whip Wednesday and two college videos? That um, and the match and the match preview. Um, so I like I had an evening where I all of them. Yeah, all four. Uh, so I didn't I didn't have time to re-record the match preview. So I just chugged it up there, played with the audio a little bit to make it a little bit better. A couple of people were really lovely about it. Like, yeah, sounds cool. Sounds like you're in a dungeon. Sounds like you're in a stadium. I'm like, thank you for just being able to watch the video. Um, but Wednesday was like 37 minutes this week. And I couldn't do it because it was too echoey. It was just, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. So I, I, I binned that one off and then I had to re-record the college videos. So going into today, I was just like, I just, I just need to paint things to make myself feel better. So I've got some 10 mil fantasy on the go for for literally no reason. Um, but actually, there's not no reason. Every now and again, it's nice to have a palette cleanser. 
So this is kind of it is. Yeah, I mean Ben and I have been working on some cool stuff, and I just I love little ideas. So I got my little ten mil fantasy guys, started painting them up. Got some three. I just wanted to print some battle mech stuff because some guys sent in for Whit Wednesday some battle techs, some battle mechs. Uh, you know, so I was like, ha, oh, you know what? I need to print some 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 battle mechs. And then I kind of thought, well. I, maybe I'll just print them 50% scale just to, you know then I can have like a teeny tiny little mech battle on my desk uh, which then escalated to a point where I printed their bases out as well so I got eight mechs one of them because I, I, I did the supports for and I put it in the hot water for too long so when I ripped off the supports it realised that his leg and an arm was missing I was like oh that's my fault oh, I, no. I, yeah, that I, sucks. I ripped it off like that's on me uh, fortunately it was the one mech yeah. that I duplicated so I wasn't too worried I was like, I've just had a hunchback and had space on the plate, so I just copied it. I was like, there you go, hunchback's a small nice. mech. Now I've got two. Well, now I've got one. Um, but I've got this little cork board that I got to build a warcry board from, and it's just been mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's just hung up on my wall um, because and it, Tiff stopped questioning it now as well, which is really nice of her. Uh, there was a picture there. There is now just a blank cork board at like, uh, at like. 60 by 80 centimeter corkboard just like in our in our upstairs hallway uh and she's just stopped questioning it i'm like yeah you know what if i did some three mil mechs and just made that a cool terrain board like you could have a well good like mini game of mech battles uh anyway, that would be really cool it's just kind of like a nice little bit of a palette cleanser so i just went in on the hobby i mean you guys will probably know if you follow the channel in any way shape or form i smashed out two dungeon bowl teams uh as soon as it landed and man dark elves eh um oh i know they're fun uh to 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 build to build really quickly i i'd forgotten about that uh but i had space on the print on space on the plate as they say and i printed out a couple of the punga halflings and i mean someone said like they're clones of games workshop and that's kind of how third-party stuff works, um, but really impressed with the detail. Um, I think I think they've improved on it. I think they're a little bit more interesting. Um, they've got character. I mean, not saying the games actual ones don't, but I, I I really like them. I think they look different enough. I I say the Noga ones are also kind of clones, but in the same way, where uh, they've just taken it to down a different direction. Yes, these halflings yeah. look like the last halfling team from the nineties but scaled up with added pirate stuff it works perfectly like it they're not new no one's gonna look at them and be like wow what a great idea they're gonna look at them and go oh they're excellent where are they from like and that you know what that's fine apart from the weird dude with a crab as an earring basically that's a bit of a (laughs) not ideal and the albatross the albatross is wicked though anyway there's some cool models so i've just painted some stuff because i needed to spend a little bit of time just doing nothing because it had been a, yeah it'd been a very very busy couple of weeks with oh i've got some i've got some uh, 10 mil halfling cavalry printed off here as well um but they'll they'll probably stay in they'll probably probably stay in gray for a bit for a bit longer but uh, it's good to do some hobby every now and again but i think it's important that we address how bad the games workshop metallic silvers are you had a nightmare of this today. What? What is this? Three of them. I got lead belcher, iron something, and whatever the heck is like the top silver in the range that's just milk. Stormhost or something. I remember. What is it? Because it's just atrocious. 
right, I'm going to shame this paint now because you guys listening never buy it. Like anything else is better. Like Sharpie is better. Runefang Steel. I'm going to shame you because mm-hmm. you were tr- uh, Storm Host Silver. Is yeah. it is just it is just milk. Like this is garbage you stuff. Need several layers of that one. I. I... <sighs> Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I stopped using Games Workshop with Alex quite a while back. But they used I... to be amazing. Mithril Silver, Chainmail. Like, these were amazing paints back in the day. You could you could never fault them. Uh, so I had to bust out this 75-year-old Game Color Silver like, and <laughs> mash it up with one of these what weird silvers. No, actually, I used, uh, <laughs> I used Skaven Blight Dinge, which is a grey paint. Oh, wow. And mixed it with that silver to get an actual silver. I'd really like the effect, to be fair. Um, I was going to say that's that's some chemistry right there. But I don't know. I was like, why is the, why is this so difficult? That's why I said I said to Ben, I was like, you know, I just needed to switch off and de-stress by doing some painting. And you were like, oh, how'd it go? And I was like, it was horrific because the silver was garbage. <laughs> and I'm going through my three boxes of paints, and I'm like, none of this is of any use. And I made a huge I'll take mistake. This time to, uh... I'll take the time to plug a good silver, which I did to you. Um, if you get the chance to try... Well, that's a terrible example I was going to show on camera because it's covered in paint. Um, well, if the paint's Valerian good enough to cover color. itself, then I think it's a good paint because you could cover the old Games Workshop paint yeah, pot with the paint itself true. and it wouldn't matter. That's <laughs> how strong their branding yeah, but is. This, it's this range from Vallejo. It says metal colour. They say airbrush colours on, but just ignore that. You can brush them on fine. I, I do all the time. Um... They come in quite big pots, and they come with a little ball built in, so yeah. they shake really nicely. Um, nice. But these are really good. If you want like silver metallics, get these. The copper is also really good. Um, but yeah, I, I would swear by these. I don't get anything else anymore. So yeah. t- two lessons. One is that these silvers are so thin, even Duncan wouldn't use them. And and secondly, I, one of my paint boxes is this, which is a 50 cal ammo tin. I'll show this off on camera. This is my point of personal pride. Unless you are trying to find a specific paint. In which case, it was hell. So I was like, I just want to paint these guys silver. I'm like, right, I've got some 10 mil Gondor soldiers. Those are black and silver. I'm like, this is going to be lovely. (laughs) I'm like, no. I've had to use four different layers just to get their armor looking like anything other than brown. Because I (laughs) undercoated everything in brown. Anyway, yeah, it 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 was fun. It was nice to do some painting. I've got some tiny mechs. I've got a nice mad cat, properly scaled as well, but stuck on a round base just to upset those people out there who are Battletech purists, because I will not be using this for Battletech. I'll be using this for something else, probably. They use hex bases, don't they? Yeah, I know, but the hex yeah. bases are a little too small. It's a cool-looking game. like It's got so much history, but I think the 3mm effect like, is wicked. I right. didn't get that. Siri, Could you try again? today is not the day. Um... <laughs> today is not the day anyway did load a cool hobby ben you and i played a game we've we've had some games we had some good games in the last month almost all of them are live on the channel now as well which is wicked so if you guys have been kind of looking forward to seeing some dungeon ball we had two games up straight away and yeah i think it's probably time we bounced over and talked about that in proper detail Okay, <laughs> okay. Let's bowl the dungeon. 
Um, we're going to talk about Dungeon Ball. Now, we've talked about Dungeon Ball quite a lot recently. We got excited about it. We did the previews of it. We talked about what's happening. And now mm. we've we've got it. We've seen it. We've played with it. We've played a game. Ben and I, I played a game with Rick as well. We got some rules wrong. We got some complicated rules wrong. Um, and we've had some games. And I think it's a really good point for us to have a very honest review of Dungeon Ball, what it is, what's to be excited about, what's not to be excited about, what needs fixing. So, I mean... If you want to see us play a couple of games of Dungeon Bowl with almost all the right rules, just go to the channel. Uh, we've got two games up. We had the first game up on the... Yeah, I think we had one Saturday and one Sunday so that people, when they were getting their boxes and building their Dark Elves, um, could uh, <laughs> could just chill out and, and, and watch, you know, watch my Don't half... Take your mind off it. Yeah, yeah, take, take the bit of the stress off building those <laughs> silly things. Um, right, I mean, Ben, you and I played. Uh, which college did you play? Yes. Uh, I ran the College of Fire, the College of Fun. <laughs> yes, you did. You did indeed. Now, we played it straight out of the box, so we didn't add any players. It was just the guys in the box, basically. We both got a million gold, so for the College of Fire, that was two ogres, six noblars, and all the dwarves. And for the purple team, yep. uh, it was everybody except one Dark Elf lineman. And that wasn't just so that I didn't have to build another lineman. It was just from a, a team value point of view. So it was 85 fire players against 11 College of Shadow. And, um, I mean, let's talk about the box. I mean, it's quite cool. To, I love the coloured plastic. It's a really silly thing to be to enjoy, but I've got it in the background now. I've got the game. I know what you mean. Um ticking over it's a simple thing i like it rick rick tried to prime his and said it was not as easy to prime as standard games workshop plastic though so right okay i think i've heard this before and i the okay i don't buy it like <laughs> it's plastic it all primes the same but something i do think is noticeable with colored plastic is you can see where you've missed easier i think it primes it covers the same yeah, like, I, I've I've never experienced that. But it, when you've got like bright orange, you can see where you've missed more than like a grey, which will just look like, especially prime like black. Uh, yeah, I mean yeah, that's what I found. I haven't primed these guys yet. I I don't intend to for a little while because I actually really do like both these colleges, but they definitely. Oh, I say the definitely. You know what? We'll come back to that. I mean, Ben, playing the game. I know it's your first time playing Dungeon Ball. It's my first time playing this edition of Dungeon Ball. There's some, mm. some very noticeable rules changes in this one, being that you don't have to pick up the ball when you find it. You just automatically pick it up. Um, yeah. At first, I thought that was good. But then um, when the... Uh, which is the college with basically the entire Lizardman team? Uh, oh heavens yeah heavens when the heaven when i did the heavens video someone was yeah. like yeah you don't even lose out getting your sauruses to open the box because even though they've got edge five plus like they just auto pick up the ball and if it's a bomb they've yeah, got armor true. 10 anyway i was like oh that's going to be really good for the college of death and for the the sauruses like it's an interesting one I, yeah. and it also it does kind of defeat the point of like those players with sure hands like it's kind of useful but not as ubiquitous as it is because you get it right you won't ever have to pick up the ball which i thought was just a bit weird i mean yeah yeah in our game though we have we had a few ball drops that that came up quite a few times didn't it oh yeah yeah we knockdowns and stuff are still inevitability i guess it's less than inevitability when it's on a saurus but 
Yeah, know. it does balance it out a little bit. That was just one thing I noticed. Um, the dungeon, the dungeon you and I played on, it, I mean, it felt quite small, but I don't, I mean, we used the box, we used nothing extra from the box, and looking at the dungeon now on the screen, we used everything except two of the six square corridors. So uh, we did two different dungeons, uh, and they were both symmetrical, because it's important to you know, kind of get a good balanced factor so that there's no like oh you know it was garbage because your end zone was one corridor and mine had four i actually wanted to play it on an yeah. even keel dungeon wasn't massive but i, I thought it felt big enough I, yeah i thought it was fine like, we didn't even use like one whole core of it like there was like a whole room i think we went in like once if that oh and yeah and it was just because you went through the wrong teleporter or something oh yeah yeah, yeah it was um yeah I, th- I thought it was i thought it was a really appropriate size i, I I wouldn't really complain about that. I think the only the only thing I would change on it is, even though we had three corridors leading to the end zone, that still felt quite like very defendable. Narrow. I don't know. Yeah, it was quite easy to defend. I think. I don't know. I think you. I think spreading it out, maybe having the rooms like in different directions, like sort of more centralized rooms that kind of go outwards and around i think i don't know I'm yeah it's an interesting you can one have a lot of fun playing with the, with the arrangements of it so uh played a game with rick and he was like oh, i'd love to get two box sets and put them together and have a massive dungeon and i'm i'm like on the one hand that does actually sound awesome like that's you know like that's just awesome bigger dungeon more fun but actually from a gameplay point of view if you're sitting down to play a game with dungeon ball the tiles in the box you've got plenty to work with like there's plenty of different dungeon layouts and there's plenty of playability because it doesn't matter how far away it is like you're gonna end up fine it's it's gonna turn into league of legends in one way or another because it's just gonna be a case of there is the one channel in the middle and there's some stuff happening left and right of it or up and down of it i guess and Mm -hmm. uh that's kind of how it goes So, so gameplay wise i mean was it what you were expecting uh no no, it wasn't. It it was to some degree. I'm glad there was balls off walls. I, that was something I was expecting. Um, <laughs> but I think it was a lot more. Um, I think it was a lot more like a Blood Bowl game than I thought it would be. Which sounds weird to say, but I was expecting um, sort more, of like the dungeon whole Blood Bowl, Bowl to be a really back seat. Yeah, kind of. It was more just like this is just something that kind of directs the game and then lots of other things happen outside of that. But it was still a game of Blood Bowl. We still wanted to get to the end zone with the ball and doing passing and blocking. And so I, I was really actually happy with that because I, I wouldn't have wanted it to lose that flavor because if it starts losing the Blood Bowl flavor, you may as well be playing like... You may as well just be playing like Hero in, Quest. In yeah. Like combat <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. I, I agree. Like You were still playing Blood Bowl, which was cool. Now... I mean, should we address the elephant in the dungeon of the the grind, the inevitable grind? Yeah, I yeah, I think the including these two teams, like especially the College of Fire in the starter box is yes. An odd Spo- choice. Spoiler, that, spoiler that alert! alert. The College of Fire is good, and starting with two big guys is just very good. Because the College of Shadows has just got nothing to go up against it. Yeah. The best you've got is the gutter. If you're running unskilled teams. Yeah. 
yeah, the, the, like, yeah. Um, I mean, no spoilers for the game, but it's not hard to defend three corridors when you've got dwarves and a couple of ogres, and that can be incredibly challenging to break through. Um, and really interesting, like, really interesting the way it plays out and there's a definite strategy to it and you can definitely think about the different colleges and how they play out like and when, when i've been going mm-hmm. through the rosters it's been a case of right the death team what you want to do is bamf in four of your flesh golems two of your mummies and just go and wall your end zone bring everybody else in by teleporter and go exploring there's a, there's a couple of things we got wrong though then which is when you teleport a dude in that is it for their turn you cannot do anything with them oh okay so you can't like blitz into the game <laughs> no no and i tell you what I, yeah. I i do like that but also at the same time that kind of slows the game down a little bit more um it allows it you to it allows you to adapt also commented on. but yeah i mean i really liked bringing on a guy and then being able to move him and and actually bringing on a guy and just leaving him on the teleporter because you can't do anything else with is like oof i don't know whether that would actually speed the game up because you bringing on reserves it's too late at that point so that might actually give a bit more of advantage to the speedy teams that can run around the dungeon um but yeah that's true uh but the college of fire absolutely stonking uh, a couple of ogres the little knoblars are brilliant but a uh, core of dwarfs it's it's really it feels good it's a good team they don't move yeah and yeah, um, I, I I actually had a lot. I did have a lot of fun, regardless of my comment earlier. The College of Fun, it, it's that they they were still enjoyable. Um, yeah, I think I think you could uh, definitely make adjustments to your roster if you wanted to go for a different game plan. Yeah, sure. I, I think that was kind of when it comes to both of these colleges. I will prime them when it comes to us using them proper, um, and it will be a case of this college. I mean two ogres is awesome and you don't really need a lot more than that but you can have three so it might be worth looking at whether or not you have three uh because three three is better than two and when it comes to the college of shadows they need goblins the only angle they have because you've got no way of getting decent strength against strength three or against s i guess sorry against strength five or against well armored strength three okay which is like the dwarves Best you can do is yep. take a one die block into a two die block with the frenzy witch elf. The other angle you've got is the gutter runner, and I mean, gutter runners are not the most resilient of players, shall we say? And because you only get one against dwarves, ah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got loads of tackle everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think that actually having a couple of goblins is going to be so useful for the shadow team because actually three plus forever is it, it gives you more of a chance. Um, yeah, and even though they do have tackle, you know, three plus dodges still round. It's going to help. It's going to come in. Yeah, it, I mean, I was taking four, five plus dodges just because I needed to try and find a way to break through. Um, it, it, it's really yeah. interesting. And my game against Rick, a lot of the same stuff happened, which was the case of one side gets the ball, and then it it's a really good way to learn how to cage bust. Like, <laughs> if mm, that's a good point. Like, if because if you are faced in a corridor with a dwarf cage and you've only got three different players trying to figure out the best bad thing to do to get to the ball it's a really good (laughs) challenge and like you said like you know it's playing blood bowl just with a different dynamic well it really is and if you like the idea of a a set piece challenge like certain certain games and 
every one of these dungeon ball games is going to play out very differently. You are going to have a different assortment of players and a different square and a different thing. It's like every one of these games is a a Mensa test for Blood Bowl players. And, it, you know, you can just bin it off and just roll dice, which is generally my tactic on the channel. Um, like, yeah, okay, no. I can do this, this, <laughs> and this gives me a terrible opportunity to do this, but I'm going to take it and see what happens. And it, it's always quite fun. But, I mean, it was great to play something different, but it was, but know how to play it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it didn't take a long time. Like, I mean, when we were playing our game, like I was learning completely. You were still like sort of familiarizing yourself, and it, but we still because of Blood Bowl, just yeah. jumped straight in. So if you are a Blood Bowl fan, picking this up is really, really easy. It's it's a, it's a ton of different ways to play. I mean, it brings us to a few questions that we had going into the game. Is 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 this suitable for your standard 11s teams? Uh, yeah, I think so. Hundred percent, I think so. I, so. I, I think yeah. If you if you're on the fence and like maybe a friend has some tiles or you have some dungeon tiles around or something like, just bring your team. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, and that's that's something that we have to we have to try out soon. I think is just taking yeah. some of our 11s teams and just running some some DB games with them because actually, it, I I think. Having access to the mixed teams is awesome from a modelling opportunity. I mean, you and I talked about like the the College of Life with the potential for nurglings or yeah. you know tiny trees and all kinds of cool stuff, right? Like each one of the colleges has got some really great themes. Like um, you've got like an Aztec theme for the College of Heavens, like with some conquistadors and some some lizards, you know. And someone in the someone in the the comments was like, well, actually, you know, I could use my Norse guys as the humans. And or my Amazons as the humans and represent kind of like a jungle theme and, and like the oh, brilliant idea. Yeah, the College of Fire uses death rollers instead of your ogres, uh, and you find some little clockwork men to be the noblars. Like, there's just there's a ton of cool stuff that you can do. But oh, that's such a good idea. right. Sorry, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all that the guys are putting the the comments. Like, this is like, oh yeah, I've been planning this roster out because this, and I could use my little like clockwork dudes and it's just uh, one guy went full mm. on he was like oh i just could use this as a demon team and use my players for this 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 i'm like it's just sweet like there's so much creativity um but yeah. when you add all three elements when you add a dungeon and dungeon ball teams barrier to entry is it just goes up and up and up but if you can successfully yeah. play this with 11s and you really can like then you're just like oh cool i'll make a dungeon I'll take one day and two friends and make a dungeon, perhaps. Uh, and uh, that sounds like an awesome thing to do, in my eyes. Um, you know, you can do that. But likewise, actually, what we also want to try as soon as we can is the Dungeon Bowl teams on an 11s pitch. Uh, uh, it's going to ramp I mean, up yeah. the power. Like, it is. But that's not bad. Like, we've done mixed teams no. galore. And... I don't know, man. Like College of Fire on a Blood Bowl pitch, College of Shadows on a standard Blood Bowl pitch. Now it can make the most of its mix of players. Yeah, like you say, we we've we've talked about mixed teams a lot on this podcast, and like we've never been anything but fully on board. And it's I think this is a really cool gateway, especially because mixed teams can be really overwhelming. Just be like, oh, I don't know, like. Is this going to be balanced or whatever? Is this going to is this going to be really broken? Like I don't have access to these models. How do, what do I do? Just just choose a dun- look at the Dungeon Bowl book. They've spelled spelled it all out. <laughs> yeah. Like it's as balanced as Blood Bowl is. Yeah. And just you know make a roster out of that and try a mixed team on 11's pitch. Try a dungeon dungeon league 
of 11s with the dungeon ball teams yeah. why not just it's just just try awesome a fun. different way to chuck it in I, I i thought it was really yeah. good so from your first games of dungeon ball ben what would what were you a bit aware of or what would you think could be improved upon or, or what do you think is a bit of a watch out um i'm still gonna say i think the price is a little bit off that's just talking about like the dungeon ball box as a product um yeah i'm still not hugely sold on that the dungeon tiles are nice but the content is a little bit slim um i i think in terms of the game i think you definitely introduced a good idea of having the three balls um i think it, the game kind of round out and if the crazy stuff didn't happen it would have gone on forever we we were saying so <laughs> yeah i think that's definitely something to bear in mind try like consider putting some kind of timer because it can go on for a long time if especially yeah. the college of fire around yeah i mean and the college of fire is <sighs> I don't. I think it is potential. I don't think it's the bashiest. I, I there's a there's some other colleges that do some they do some stuff, right? You know, the heavens mm-hmm. has got six sauruses, sauri. You know, uh, there's some other teams out. The college of metal has got six blockers. You know, the beasts have got. Yeah, yeah, there's a bunch of teams there that have just got strength four and strength five. And if you don't have any other strength four, it's a really interesting uh, arms race. Then there are a couple of these colleges that, that do not win in that situation. So, I mean, Ben, you, you called out two things. And I guess the two things I would wholeheartedly recommend for Dungeon Bowl, actually three things. One is just play a game. Like it's wicked fun. You'll come up with a story and it's just it's just a different way to play. But if you want to play Dungeon Bowl again and again and again and have it be a really fun thing to do, 16 turn timer, Okay, 16 turns is fine. Like, um, it can get to a point in DB where actually one team's got the ball and actually they're going to get there because they've got more players and the players they've got are stronger. And even if it takes a thousand years of blocking, they're going to win. Well, actually, let's chuck a timer in there, put that race on and be like, yeah, you need to score. I can still play for a draw. Instead of like just the inevitable creeping death, which is the creeping death is something they referred to in the the death college video. Because I'm like, you deploy four golems, two mummies in your end zone, and they just walk up. And if there's three corridors, you split them into three teams. If there's two corridors, you split them into two teams. And then you just sweep and clear the dungeon pac-man style uh while you're so thematic though yeah it is it's perfect (laughs) it's a dungeon full of undead yeah Yeah. and you just sweep and clear but that's not fast and and that doesn't give you a different play style um so 16 turns at least you can be like oh i can i can can i try a risky play to pop the ball out to stop you from scoring and grind out a draw like that's fun um we've all been in there in standard 11s like "Ah, i will deny you this touchdown if i'm not going to win neither are you which is an incredibly powerful element of gaming um but but i mean i wholeheartedly recommend two or three balls because all the dungeon ball games i've played now the ball gets found and that's your one corridor your one travel route is where the action is and then there's some Mm -hmm. sneaky stuff around the edges but most of the players 80 percent of the players are in that one place and then the others are just randomly flying around in teleporters trying to get an advantage or literally just trying to get to the action whereas if you've got two or three balls throughout the dungeon you carry on exploring the dungeon you split up the action and if you're playing I, i you know if you're playing with the three ball variant you can literally just be like yeah you know what you you 
Death Star your way down the middle with that. I'm going to give you that TD because my faster college is going to spread out and it's going to be much quicker. It kind of brings the colleges in. Um, yeah. So it keeps the game going. And 16 turns with three balls, it gives you so many varieties of outcomes as well. And that, yeah. and that that point you're doing different stuff uh, it does change up dungeon bowl but it just adds more decision points for the for the for the coaches and i'm a massive fan of decision points in games this is why i don't think i like age of sigma quite so much because uh, <laughs> age of sigma is like an auto battler that costs you 300 pounds and 24 hours to play <laughs> i i i, I you are not wrong I, that might just be from me playing against Ian, you know, or and and, and Callum. <laughs> we plenty of comments, I'm sure, disagreeing. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I, I hope I hope you. I'm wrong, but like that's just my yeah. experience. Is like, oh, I see, because you you right, yeah, cool. I'll just sit down. Um, and I don't want Dungeon Bowl to be that. And in Blood Bowl, it doesn't matter what team you're playing with or against. There are going to be some times where by turn four you've got no options, but they don't. That doesn't happen yep. that often because you, generally speaking, always have options. But in Dungeon Bowl, it can be very much to the point of, cool, I got three linemen and you've got six dwarves and ogres, and all I've got is two light up blocks and five plus dodges, and we'll see. Like actually, dreams. it could be like, right, I'm going to leave one lineman here to mob up your three guys in the center. I'm going to swoop around with the rest of my team, explore the other dungeon, see if I can pick up one of the other two balls. If I can store you in the center, like maybe I can pick up one of the balls on the left, go for the one nil. Uh, maybe I just spread out. It just opens up the gameplay. Um, and that again... Yeah, that sounds way more appealing to me. And that's, yeah, that's uh, something else we need to get on the channel as soon as we can. Um, and with the new setup, I think I think we'll be able to, to get some games done much quicker. And fingers crossed, because I was oh, that was a lot of fun, despite like the sort of technical issues we had um, yeah, to start with. Got some learning. <laughs> did definitely yeah, did some learnings. It was a lot of fun to do that. Um, I just loved saying. Felt like. Could we go to camera four, yeah. please? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good fun. Good fun. <laughs> and uh, I did like doing the introspective pieces as well. That was quite good. Yeah, that was that was good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, right. <laughs> just like, oh, can I do, can I do record a little bit? Yeah, I just want I want to say this. Great. It was really good fun. So, um, I genuinely, we want your feedback when it comes to the filming and how we did things, um, because we're trying some different stuff because we want to just make more content and play more games. And this is the kind of thing that we can do to just get more Blood Bowl content out there. And you know, definitely want to be looking at streaming from our tournaments and stuff in the future. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know how soon we're going to be able to do it, but I just—it's just fun. Like it's fun, and there's a whole lot of dungeon ball going out there. And we got a huge tournament coming up in February. Like with, I can't—I think it's like 80 coaches on one day and 60 on the next. Like at the moment, and <laughs> that is growing. Yeah, it's wicked. Um, but yeah. like that—that's that's, that's only 80 people out of you know. 40,000 people that play Blood Bowl. Uh, and actually, I would love... I haven't played Magic the Gathering for a long time, but when the mm -hmm. Pro Tour was on at the weekend, I wasn't doing anything. It was awesome. Like, I'm just going to paint. I'm going to put the Pro Tour on. Like, yeah, sports. Like, it's just cool to have, have stuff to yeah. watch that you love. Um, and, I don't know, watching other people struggle in Blood Bowl is something I really enjoy. Uh <laughs> Just... Oh, that's why you keep inviting me back to play <laughs> and cursing the dice yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. um oh trips and i had a pretty big match this weekend as this week as well uh yeah. that will be coming out tomorrow for everybody it's, it's a good one it's a good one so db we recommend trying out standard 11s teams 
trying out three balls, definitely having a turn timer. But ultimately, if you don't, if you're not interested, don't play it. But at some point, if someone gives you the opportunity to pick up a game and play a game of Dungeon Bowl, try it out because it's great fun. If you want to play Dungeon Bowl without buying Dungeon Bowl, come down to our tournament on the seventh of May. Like there will be much dungeon, much bowl, and um, it's enjoyment. So much loot too. So I yes, if just come play Dungeon Bowl. We haven't quite figured out how it's going to work, whether we're going to go with the three ball rules or not, because honestly, waiting for the NAF to decide whether or not Dungeon Bowl is going to be sanctioned and whether running with the three ball variant is going to be a thing that's valued. I don't think people are going to care much because Dungeon Bowl is very underrepresented, but I don't know. Yeah. The Dorset Dungeon Bowl, I'd love it for it to be one of the biggest Dungeon Bowl events every year. Because That would e be good. Even if you only pay Dungeon Bowl at the Dorset Dungeon Bowl every year, well, then that's that's a thing, right? This is the one time a year you bust out the teleporters and just go mad with yeah. a team of dwarves and ogres. Like, Dungeon Bowl is an event, not... It is an event. And let's use it as an event. Like, have a day where you guys play Dungeon Bowl with your, with your, with your crew or come down and play at a tournament and just, I don't know, get out of the system. It's a really great way to get your dungeoneering out without giving up your Blood Bowl hobby. Um, it's just, it's cool. I mean, we didn't use the rules for the rooms, um because mm -hmm. yeah i'd be intrigued to try that yeah they seem quite interesting um but I did think that with the amount of rules we were taking in on you know, within a very short space of getting the book we knew we were going to make some mistakes we did make some mistakes yeah. um i did want to do that and then also have like eight different rooms with different rules and just <laughs> oh it would have ground to the halt um but it, yeah i mean is there anything else you want to mention about about dungeon ball ben not really. I just think it's it's definitely worth a try. Um, yeah, don't. Uh, yeah, I think it's worth a try. I, I do want them to release that damn book on its own, though. That would be really nice. Please do that, Kids Workshop. Ah, it's it's yeah. it's dumb that it doesn't. And don't need another dwarf uh, brew. Don't need another ogre brew. I just right. want a book. I guess I guess we should probably talk a little bit negatively. You know, you're right about the price. The price is chunky. It's a wicked christmas thing if you've got nothing else going on the hobby spectrum um at that point like if, if you want a treat if you want a cool thing to get that's his own thing this is brilliant like if you've got you know gamers that are you know happy to to binge a thing if you've got a kid or you've got some kids or you know you are a kid and you've got some siblings or parents this is great like i couldn't mm -hmm. think of anything better than just grabbing this box uh punishing one of you who builds the, the dark elves and and then just like just farming some games because i don't know ben you and i we're very busy people when it comes to like doing stuff and what we've got going on but like i would have just merrily played another game of dungeon ball and another game of dungeon ball with you because it was just nonsense yeah. it was fun uh, it was i, I will 100 say it was some of the most fun i've had playing a tabletop game in a long time just because it was so wacky and new and fresh and that was really really nice yeah yeah, that's that's really. And I knew everything solid. going in. That's all. That like you said before, that's something that's always really restrictive in board games. Just like, well, what can I do? And then you feel bad when you realise you've been doing. You like you could have been doing something like for six turns, and now it's too late. That, that always feels. That always sucks. Yeah, blocking is blocking. And knowing blood bowl, it's, Yeah, exactly. It's. Um, I found it really fun. No, but uh, yeah, the cost element to it. It's it's not the easiest. It's it's a luxury. Uh, in the in the blood bowl meta, it's very much its own thing. Uh, it's a special thing. It's something different, and the the I guess the negativity that I'm going to bring to this segment is that the book does not have a barcode on it. It doesn't look like the book's going to be available separately. Um, 
Mm. And, you know, quite frankly, this is could be a limited release that goes away. I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that. I really wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that either, but you never know with Games Workshop. Like, all the pitches yeah. that they've dropped, all the dice that they've dropped, with the exception of the teams and, well, not even all the Forge World stuff, like, it it can come and go, and... It's cardboard. doesn't usually stay around. It doesn't. Like, the Cursed City kind of taught us, and that's probably where I'm coming from, is that, you know, I've been, been burnt by Games Workshop, big box games. Um, but if, if they don't keep this available and they don't produce the book, it, it's that's the weird thing. Is if this was sticking around, producing the book separately would be would make me feel like okay, cool. But because they're not, mm-hmm. it does worry me that this is a flash in the pan. I mean, you and I got really excited and we're like, oh, what if they have a dungeon bowl expansions with extra tiles, extra rooms, you know, theme yeah. packs like that would just be amazing. But I don't know if I trust Games Workshop to do it that way. Uh, yeah, like this could have just been a blood bowl cash grab. Uh, and it's a wicked one. It's been great fun, and it will continue to be great fun because it's just something really different. But, I mean, I guess the really good thing is that it doesn't matter. Like, if this goes away, there will be plenty of community support, and you can yeah. just make a Dungeon Bowl kit Which out I'd of... I'd recommend anyway. Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. So Make a dungeon. Yeah. Or just get a Cocoa Pops box and a ruler. Like, you can... Yeah. <laughs> or do what um, do what I did make a dungeon and get it printed oh i'm yeah. showing you that actually ben I I, shown you oh that. I, i've seen did i show you the one is that what oh no it arrived i don't know you got it printed yeah oh gosh yeah yeah oh, okay well okay uh, that's news for me oh yeah Matt, i meant that i think i think yeah trips came around and it arrived i was like hey trips look at oh, this nice. um so yeah you can just print get a dungeon printed like that's potentially the easiest way to do this uh because it was Eight ninety nine with postage for an A zero colored print of a dungeon. Wow. Yeah, it was a dot. It was wicked. I was like, this is perfect. It just rolls up, goes in the tube, comes out. There's your dungeon. Um, yeah, like yeah. There's some there's some clever ways to do this. Um, however, I very much have to blow my nose, so we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with FAQ. Okay, so it is December now, and Games Workshop every May and November release an FAQ. They left this one till the real last minute, and um, had had a couple of doozies in it actually. So the FAQ is—it's oh, not really an FAQ; it's the designer's commentary where they uh, just completely rewrite some stuff for the game. So I think the best thing to do is to start at the very beginning, where Ben, you and I, for a while now, have sort of said, ah. Oh, general's handbook in age of sigma which you know is really cool because they rotate the points costs of stuff like it changes up the balance Mm -hmm. like it's a really cool magic the gathering has rotation like there's things that keep the meta fresh and then we kind of scoffed and we're like yeah this will never happen like never happen and then it, it, it it kind of did so the faq landed and we'll jump into the most exciting point of this straight off the bat Biggest grown test in Blood Bowl at the moment? Probably Hackflem. Games Workshop have increased mm-hmm. Hackflem's price. So he was 180. Is that right? He was 180, now he's what, 210? 180. 
Yeah, and he's 210 now, yeah. And he's 210. So, and Morg has also gone up from 340 to 380 because those were essentially two most common, yeah, Hack Flem to 210 and Morg to 380 as a way of looking at how much stuff was going on in Blood Bowl. And this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Games Workshop uh, attempting some form of rebalance. But Ben, I mean, straight off the bat, changing two star players, the two most commonly used star players and potentially the two most meta warping star players how do you feel about them moving the cheese uh, it shows they're paying attention i think that's good um i still not sure if it's going to be substantial enough i guess we'll have to wait and see i mean 180 to 210 30k difference that's not huge um it's usually going to still be in the affordable range for hack i still think 210 is cheap yeah um but yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, there's something else we'll come to later, which might affect that as well. Oh, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll jump straight yes. straight into this. So yeah, it does look like Games Workshop has been paying attention to Blood Bowl. So we've talked about this, top five teams in Blood Bowl from a competitive point of view. Dwarves, Chaos Dwarves, because Amazons, Underworld and High Elves are all in there, right? So Underworld, 65% win rate for most of this year because it's Hackflem spam, it's Snotling spam. They've upped the price of Hackflem. I'm with Ben. I think 210 is is still a bargain. I think 240 is where the fair cost comes from. I think 240 is where Hackflem is is yeah. probably where it belongs. But you know what? 210 is better than 180. And even in a Snotling team, that's two Snotlings you're not buying. Uh, that's two less bodies that you are going to have potentially, or one less reroll. It, 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 it is a thing. Okay, it's an absolute thing. Out. They've also looked at the top winning teams and adjusted the tiers. So the tiering. Now, mm. in League, this means absolutely nothing to anybody. Um, this is completely, basically, a uh, constructed thing. So this is for tournaments. So League Team Tier, where is it? Okay, last page. So the tiers list have been adjusted uh, in November 21. So the promotions, High Elf uh, and Underworld Denizens, who have both been sitting in the top five teams. So High Elves have been up there. I think they were third place after Chorf and Underworld. Um, they are now ranked as Tier 1. Uh, humans, OWA and Orc have been downgraded to Tier 2. How do you feel about that? I think that's totally sensible. I think that's bang on. Uh, we, we had our tier list kind of retrospective recently. We pretty much said the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, these teams with the high win rates should be in tier ones, especially underworld. I think high off too. And yeah, humans and orcs being tier one was a little bit after what after results we've seen. I, I still think humans could be tier one, but that I'm still biased in humans. I still think they're really good, but um, well, they're, they're yeah, not. Really they're not bad. Much, so they're not really bad. Not. So yeah. I'm with you on this one. Like <sighs> underworld and high of being at tier two, it just meant that they just got bargains of stuff. Um, so it, it's not a lot. And in most tournaments, it's an extra skill. It, it's maybe an extra secondary skill. So in all of our tournament lists, basically tier two gets an extra skill and a half, probably. So this way, you know, in our events, high elves go from having four skills and a double to just four skills, right? It's not a lot, but it, 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 it takes a slight edge off. And when it comes to humans and orcs, they are great teams, okay? And I don't think it's that they're not good enough to be in tier one. It's just that if you're going to run a tier one team, I think I think Games Workshop have not looked at this just from a point of view of win percentage and saying, well, they're, they're not winning enough, so let's downgrade them. I, they've not. I think this is a case of they're not seeing as much play as they probably should like in competitive events and why yeah. is that well actually you know what 
downgrade their tier and get them a little bit more like actually now you know one of our events you know tier two is probably four and a double well now you can take that human team and you can give the ogre block right and now it's like oh, okay all right yeah, now that's, 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 that's you know whereas before whereas before it would have been uh, i would take uh, human blitzer with with guard uh take this human blitzer with with guard i'll take this human blitzer <laughs> with guard i'll take this human blitzer with guard and um now you get all that and an ogre has block so it, it's not a lot but actually if you're looking at a roster and going i could take a lizard man but it's going to be four guard on my guys or i can take i don't know human's not bad actually i can squeeze a you know i can squeeze a halfling on there as well i've got an ogre i give the ogre block that's pretty decent like if that's what i want to do give the ogre pro that makes it better it just it helps create those extra things and it's not that orcs and humans are bad because they're not right and when you look at tier two and tier one most of these teams there's not a huge amount in it there really isn't like there's a couple of tier teams in tier two that are just kind of like um uh, what are we what's what's corporate speak for absolutely awful and a pain ben challenging oh god challenging yeah we can go with that yeah there's, there's, a, there's, a, yeah. there's a couple of teams there that are challenging uh like nurgle and potentially vampires and tomb kings probably the three most challenging tier two teams but like humans, I'd take them against those guys in any matchup. Like and orcs, orcs are great, right? Orcs, they got buffed mm. essentially in this edition. But I think what Games Workshop are doing is looking at how many games, because this is the cool thing about the NAF. Like those stats mean that Games Workshop's got really easy access to looking at all the game stats, and huh, orcs and humans aren't being utilized very much yeah. actually. You know, maybe this way they'll get used a bit more, and. And I love that. And maybe this way Underworld will get used a little less. Uh, and that kind of little you know, adjustment, it, it, it's good. Um, what do you think to OWA, though? I I didn't have too many strong feelings about OWA. Like, I, we, we haven't seen them a huge amount. No, I, I think um, them being moved to Tier 2 is a really good thing for... And and that's it. Just the incentivizing of taking them. Like some coaches will take tier exactly, three because yeah. you get a load of gold and a load of extra star player points or something to spend. And it's kind of like, oh, cool. I'm incentivized to take ogres to this one because of the skill package. Well, actually, there's going to be some, some times now where you're incentivized to actually run your human team, to run your OWA team because OWA now gets one or two skills more. And you know what? OWA needs one or two skills more. And... I think at tier I two, they're going to perform. Yeah, I don't know what it is about OWA, but it just... If it wasn't for the Trips, as great as he is in our club and our group, he's been on the channel a lot. If it wasn't for Trips, I don't think I'd ever see this team. Like He <laughs> represents OWA in such a good way that I just don't know why people... Well, I... They're not that exciting, are they? It's I don't know weird. What it is. It's weird. I don't know because, what it is. Well, it's because they've, it's because they've just. It's just like they've created something new, but they left all the training wheels on it. Like, yeah. like, and that guy's got Lona, and that guy's got animosity. That guy, don't, no, don't give him block. Like, let's give this guy Lona as well. Um, let's make this guy cost more. Like, what are you doing? Like, come on. Like, everyone's just like, poor OWA. They're just looking at it, and they're just standing there looking at Underworld, going, they got a rat ogre and snotlings, and my dwarf isn't a dwarf. Like, what are you doing? And he's got Lona as well. 
Like, what the? What is this? Yeah. This is like it just feels such a myth. I, I want to love them. I really do. I believe uh, any. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see them come back in with tier two. I mean, I got my, uh, I got my my team handed to me by Trips with his OWA team in in our fumble league. OWA, OWA yeah. do stuff. They they can do some stuff, but they need some skills to give you that balance. And um, maybe Which, tier two exactly, okay. exactly. So so far, uh, Underworld that were overperforming by ten percent above the second place team, their star player that every every Underworld team basically took. Has gone up in price they have now gone up in tier mm -hmm. so that rat ogre that they were invariably taking now doesn't have block anymore probably uh, and or if it does it's going to cost more of that so it's taken a bit of a hit in that and a bit of hit in that now there's one other thing that directly in, uh, affects uh, o, um, owa not owa nothing affects owa is the swarming rules for underworld and snotlings so yeah, this is interesting. So, uh, swarming. Add the following: swarming players must be set up in their team's half. When using swarming, a coach may not set up more players with the swarming trait onto the pitch than the number of friendly players with the swarming trait that are already on the pitch. So, if a team had two players with swarming already set up, and then rolled for three more players to enter the pitch using the swarming power, only two more could be added because they've only got two on the pitch. So, underworld. Historically, running Hackflem, having a great time in their tier two bracket, LOLing all their double skills, and uh, every setup they could just chuck a free D3 Snotlings on basically to babysit um, your star player and their Rat Ogre. Now they are going to have to deploy one, two, or three Snotlings to be able to bring on a maximum of one, two, or three Snotlings. And Ben, you and I both got some experience playing with and against Snotlings and Underworld. So hit me up, man. What do you reckon? How how big a deal is this? Specifically to Underworld, I think. I, I think it's actually a pretty big deal. I think it is quite a big deal. I don't think it's going to complete... Like, we, we've had some, like, across the range of reactions from this. I I don't think it's catastrophic and, like, ruined. Like, no longer Snotlings completely irrelevant in this team now. I, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I'd still run two to take on two free ones. That's totally fine. Um, yeah. I think it's much needed. It's weird from, like, a flavor standpoint. I, I, I feel like Swarming, they just come on regardless. It's a purely balance and crunch that, uh, change, for sure. But I actually really like this. I think it's a cool way to mitigate it while keeping it there rather than just removing it. Do you know, it, it just feels fair, doesn't it? It it feels like a rule yeah, that you'd does. always be like, um, what's the catch? Yeah, okay, fine, there's a catch. All right, so you're telling me I need to put a dude on, but if I put a dude on, I can bring another dude on. All right, okay. So that means that, all right, okay, but there's a there's a, there's a a strategy. There's a there's a, a, a payoff, right? I've got to run some Snorlings so that mm -hmm. I can bring on free players. Before it was just like might as well just chuck them on, mate, because uh, you might as well. Like oh, I've got I've got forty k yeah. left over. I've got you know do I buy a reroll or what? No, just buy snotlings. Uh, well now you you don't. Okay, now you kind of got to drop a goblin from your main roster to then buy for snotlings for your team to be able to actually use that snotling power. And I think the most important thing, Ben, and I know that you've come across this, is that now snotlings and snotling teams are going to feel finite. Whereas before, when you're playing against Underworld, you're playing against Snotlings, you know, they've just got four Snotlings sitting on the bench waiting like, to come on. You, you score and you know you have to deal with another fresh load of Snotlings. Yeah, <laughs> like, 
Yeah, but if yeah, they it's... have to deploy two, yeah. to if they've only got four snotlings on the roster and you kill a snotling, well, that means they're only bringing on one via swarming, basically. So it kind of mm-hmm. it, it does mitigate it. Now, snotlings by themselves are still really useful. And even if you're only deploying one, you will always be able to bring on a second one if you've got a spare snotling. So... Like the the mm-hmm. lowest threshold is that I only have two snotlings on my team. Well, set up one, and you can always bring on that second one. And for at least one drive, you're going to have twelve players on the pitch. That's not that's still really good because you chuck him against Varag or another Ratogre or a Bloodthirster, and you know for fifteen k, yeah, fine. If there was an inducement that you could take for fifty k that said for one drive that Bloodthirster doesn't do anything, dude sign me right up well now it's 15k and sometimes you know you're not going to have it for the entire game that's that's still an absolute Mm -hmm. bargain because the rest of the team is still great hack phlegm more expensive can still cheap enough to be able to fit into almost every team you've still got a gutter runner and the best thrower in the game and a rat ogre and a blitz you've still got stuff it's just you've kind of it's just gone from it's just it just feels fair now like this is now a choice as yeah. opposed to and sprinkles like yeah definitely yeah for sure would you like sprinkles sure. or I think marshmallows it will up... <laughs> i think it i think it does affect underworld the most and i think it will really shape, shape up the rosters that we see and I'm, I'm really keen to see sort of you know in the next tournament we bring how this like comes into play i'll Gonna be trying to keep a close eye on hmm. on this just to just out of interest just to see what's different this time. Are you still bringing hack phlegm? Probably, but by bringing hack phlegm with an extra thirty k, and now you have to pay for snotlings. Yeah, you? it's it's so, it's it's yeah. definitely a cost. Like, and that's that's I think that's I think that's really good when you're looking at a sixty five percent win rate. Like, even if this even if they lose fifteen percent and they're sitting at the fifty percent mark, you know what? That's where every team should be. And every other team is between forty five and fifty five. Like the rest of the teams there, with the exception of Underworld at sixty five percent and Goblins at thirty five percent, are within that ten point spread, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is definitely gonna bring Underworld mm-hmm. into the loop a little bit more. And and I think that's great. And from a league point of view, you know, Snotlings and Underworld have been decent in League. But I think League is is way tighter. Uh, I think a lot of the time, anyway, it, it's it's kind of it, yeah. There's usually less less abuse. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 imbalanced more heavily in League, mm-hmm. anyway, isn't it? Because you know, yeah, exactly. Someone's always going to take dwarves. Um, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, what other bits and bobs were there from the FAQs? I mean. We're going to talk about uh, the Death Zone Sevens thing was quite good to see. Oh my goodness me! Yeah, so, Sevens is back to normal. Yeah. So um, in a game of Blood Bowl Sevens, can the ball be placed in the centre field during the kickoff? Yes. Um, yeah, that's really cool because that was always really ambiguous, wasn't it? Like we would always play it like this anyway because it just is better. Um, yeah. So the fact that you <laughs> can not worry about touchbacks when it lands in the zone, it's probably going to land in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's really great because we kind of, it's not that we put off playing Sevens or filming Sevens content, it's just, oh man, the, the prospect of filming a Seven Super Series without that FAQ being cleared up yeah. <laughs> was just a bit like, hey, we are going to play it this way because it is the right wave, because it's more fun, but technically it's not the rules, that's just an ugly place to be, like, I don't, 
I don't, you know, now it's sorted. Although, you're going to have more touchbacks than before because it's not, you know, in the old NAF 7s, it was 2d6 take the lowest. Um, this way, it's 1d6. Oh, so, and you know what? I think that's fine. So, because yeah, you got the zone, especially. Yeah, so you're not going to be able to, like, pinch point it as quite as well so i think that's great and you're right ben that's a, that's a massive win um from a crunchy rules aspect i guess we should talk about mighty blow and the fact that if you take both down so we've been doing this in the bonehead championship so if you've been watching oh, yeah. our, our, our games you'll see us with the ogre or with the rat ogre we'll be like with the flipping giants was an absolutely cracking example of like um yeah, I'm in a good place. I rolled a both down. I'm just going to take the both down because at least then I get a shot at you with Mighty Blow. I've got armor a million anyway, so it's going to be fine. Mighty Blow no longer works when you take a both down. I, this seems weird. I I don't I don't like this one personally. I think Mighty Blow is already hard. Like skills like this always seem so restrictive now. Like it seems like there's more cases where you can't use it than when you can use it. If a player um, with the Mighty Blow plus X skill makes a block action and then chooses the both down result and is knocked down themselves, can they still apply the effects of Mighty Blow? No, as when the armor roll is made for the opposition player, the player with Mighty Blow is prone and so cannot use the skill. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Who would have assumed that? Like that's that's the trouble with the FAQ. It's meant to clear up things that people would, like. Is this? I, was anyone assuming that they couldn't? Like you're still punching them down. How is this how, ambiguous? How is down? I know, I know. Like this is it. Like I punch you, but okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, I'm on the floor. Well, let's the, put the, the let's put some the punches. <laughs> let's put some narrative. You go yeah. down as well, so we can assume that you're slipping while you're hitting them. So you're not allowed. You're yeah. you're not able to plant yourself and go for the full smash potentially. That's my best fluff justification. That's uh, yeah, you know me. That's how I that's how I do things, Ben. With something stupid, I like to try and find a reasonable explanation for it. Uh, this one I think is stupid, but it's now how the rules work. Uh, the, but to be fair, like compared to what they did with uh, Hail Mary Pass last time, this one is like eh, eh. Like this is yeah. this, the, oh, and and you know what? The worst thing about this FAQ thing. They drop this Barak Far Blast model in it, and in the rules is like, hey, this guy's got a wicked, accurate Hail Mary pass. And the FAQ's here, and we're thinking, oh my goodness, he's landed, they've got Hail Mary pass, they're going to have fixed Hail Mary pass? Nope, they're just like, hey, here's this star player with this skill that's completely unusable. You want to throw the ball in a random direction? Use this skill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bit of a fail. However, that's that's not a new one for this FAQ. Uh, that one's no, just that's... still dumb from the last time. That was time. one we wanted to see. <laughs> yeah, it would have been would have been really nice for them to, to bounce yeah. that back. However, talking of bombers, did you see they get running past now? Oh, I did see this. Yeah, so isn't they can continue using their movement after they've thrown it? Uh, yeah. So the rest of the FAQ stuff was really like crunchy stuff so can the strip ball skill be used to make a player who used the stand firm skill drop the ball when it's a tuesday afternoon like yes like, it's a lot of specific mm -hmm. stuff like that which is really good um for them to clear up but sometimes something like this is quite cool what happens when a player with the bombardier trait and the safe pass skill fumbles a throw when making a throw bomb action the bomb will not be dropped and does not explode the player's activation does end can a player who made a throw bomb special action still use the running pass skill to move after throwing the bomb yes they can so yeah that's cool this is huge that is really cool 
So last that, that puts running past really into the limelight skills to take. Where before it was kind of just like, oh, that's fine. Well, we just didn't think it worked with bomb because you're not no. you're not throwing yeah. a pass. You're throwing a bomb. Um, really interesting rules interaction. I don't quite understand that one, but I mean, hail mary pass was the skill for bombardiers that went away. Yeah. And then we were like, all right, let's just take accurate because then we're three plus bomb in a three square bomb, like it's fine. And then you, you and I even talked about using two bombers and using them as a fire team, okay, using a military mm-hmm. style. One moves, fire and movement. One moves, the other throws a bomb. You cover each other, yeah. like it's great. Well, now one dude just gets um, running past and then just throw a bomb, run away five squares, throw a bomb, run away five squares. It's wicked. It's like. Um, Oh, it's like Bomberman. Like, it's so good. Put the ball, <laughs> put the bomb on the floor, kick it, run away. Like, it's, it's so good. It's good. It really helps negate that whole, you know, standing still and throwing your bomb. Like, now you get movement you, after the throw. Yeah. You can re... I mean, Ben, you and I know very well how good snotling bombers are. So the fact yeah. that there is now a skill they can take to make them better, you chuck accurate. Accurate running past Bombardier. Oh, that's a legend. That's- yeah, legend of a player at a bargain of 14 spp so they only have to get the mvp four times and then they are every turn just four plus six square and a bomb away and then running away <laughs> afterwards oh, it's just so unnecessary it's fabulous uh so that's pretty cool oh another great skill uh, can the stab trait be used in conjunction with multiple block to make two stabs flipping yes Flipping That's yes. That's cool. I think we did. We assume that one already. I think we've had that come up. I, I think. Um, I think it was a no. Um, oh, okay. I think it was a no, but maybe. I think, yeah, I think that was it. Because it, it used to be the case in the audition, right? It but did. then now they said something multiple block. It has to be block actions. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the next FAQ would be sweet if they could say that both blocks from a frenzy attack would be applicable to stab. Um, I mean, because okay, yeah. when you're looking at Dark Elf Assassins, who are sneaky good in this meta, because there's a lot of low armor around. Actually, mm-hmm. if, if you've got an assassin, putting him on the line and taking a free opportunity strike at an Amazon, a Norse, a, a, a Snotling, a Skaven, like anything with armor eight plus, is is a it's just it's just really good. And we kind of thought, ah, frenzy. Can we do two stabs? No, you can stab then block, <clears throat> or block then stab. One of the other two. Uh, yeah, because multiple block kind of went away in this edition because there was a stunty league star player who I made for my chaos halflings who had multiple block stab as a, a, a was wicked. It's like 80k and he just put him on the line for one drive and he stabbed two dudes. You had two chainsaws on that roster and then your big claw. That was wicked. It's just carnage. Like so good. Yeah. Um, so now if you can save up 12 SPP for your dark elf assassin, they can take multiple block, being the only player out there with the stab action. I mean, it's a really at least it's something fun to do right it is and i mean that's why you take an assassin really as well so it's yeah i I think it's cool i think it's a welcome change okay i'm just gonna flick through the dock and see if there's any like non um quite a few like self-explanatory ones i think um and some that were really relevant to like the whole list of changes to i don't know they just basically made you can only take one option any characteristic improvement on all the uh, special players, which we still haven't used. The special guys from Death Zone. Yeah, well, yeah. But um, you do bring up a good point. They have changed the... If you save up SPP and roll for a stat up, and you don't like the stat up, the rulebook says, don't worry about it, you can take a secondary instead. But now you can take a secondary 
or a primary. So if you save up to try and get that extra point of strength, but you don't want to give your guy dodge, you'd really rather just give him guard instead. You can yeah. do that. I, I, okay, that's cool. I think that's potentially how we would have done it anyway, but um, I do like that. That that does make a lot of sense. Um, those rules are very specific. Stabs good. Throwing bombs while you're running around is good. Will a prone player that fails rolls for animal savagery still lash out against teammates? Yes. So watch out for your rat ogres who are prone in that regard. If they rage okay. on the ground, they will still swipe somebody's legs out, which can be pretty rubbish. Um, biased referees, don't worry about that. Redrafting a team, hypnogaze, nothing massive. Some death zone bits about extra stuff can a player that has been rooted as per take root use uh, skills like pile driver and wrestle in order to be placed prone and therefore no longer rooted yes so wrestle or and or pile driver on your tree men extra points there for that because actually knock a dude drop to the ground pretty useful um again yeah. kind, kind of a, a pretty a pretty low uh frequency case i think yeah. on that one Taking wrestle on your tree man to avoid that, or pile driver. Yeah, yeah. It's the foul one, right? Uh, yeah, you block barole for armor, then place yeah. yourself prone. We've done swarming. We've done hack phlegm. Death zone, like you said, Ben. There's a load of stuff about. Um, you can only adjust mercenaries skills by one, and then the tier list. So I have uh, two overreactions to make from this. Uh, one is Games Workshop love Blood Bowl again completely love it again they've done good work with the faq i love everything in this doc i think apart from mm -hmm. that mighty blow nonsense but you know what they've looked at adjusting tiers they've adjusted star player costs they've made some sensible clarity there with the rules in sevens and they've made running pass useful right the only thing that would have made me happier is if they'd left mighty blow well alone and brought hell mary pass back other than yep. that like this is a clean sweep so I think they love Blood Bowl. Ben, rebuttal. Uh, if they do this more than once a year, we can take that. I would, I would like to see this monthly at least, honestly. But that's, I mean, that's asking a lot from Games Workshop. And, and that's but, asking a huge amount from TOs as well. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. But I do, like, I mean, seeing this, like, price increase on the BR, go million times in the podcast how i would love to see this marvel meta shift even you know um rotations of star players i think would be really cool um i i don't know if it will change if the game changes enough and we get enough data to warrant that kind of schedule on it but yeah. i think you know more than once a year could be quite tier list rotation every six months with the faq you know what that could be quite cool as well um, yeah, that could definitely be quite cool. And if there is a need for star players, uh, someone did flag up. A couple of people flagged up and said, "Well, they left Griff alone." I'm like, you know what? A 280. I think Griff is is really good, but he's also quite fairly priced. Yeah, I think he's fine as well. Yeah, like he's always seemed good, but fine. Um, I love that. And and my my other sweeping overreaction is that high elves are coming back. <clears throat> <laughs> And and I've got several several pieces of evidence I'd like to bring to the court. One, okay, go ahead. They've changed the tier of them. Okay. Yep. All right. They don't sell high elf teams, so adjusting the competitiveness or it, it just even acknowledging that that team exists does absolutely nothing for them. The second thing 
is that the College of Heavens has got like no players in it and is absolutely primed for high elves to land back in and go true. into that. So with those two pieces of completely fractured nonsense things, I have 120% confirmed that high <laughs> no it just a shred of doubt yeah i just you know without you know almost as much certainty as the squig team prediction for this year uh i don't yeah. know i just i can see it happening um i can see it i do am i completely completely out of out of line no i can see it i think it's i think it's likely that we'll see something um i i would like to see it because high elves are quite a uninspired roster that's one that could use a bit of shaking up i think so yeah it could be fun they've had their tier upgraded so less skills yeah they could come come in guns blazing they they you know, might passing two plus on everyone i mean that'd be cool something with linemen with decent passing and passing three plus on everyone would be pretty good um, yeah that's true uh yeah so that's that's my massive overreaction um when it comes to that I mean, there's the potential there for a new Skaven team to land because we've seen a Rat Ogre. There's a potential there for Chaos Dwarves to land because we've seen Barrack Farblast. Likelihood is that they were just sculpting tests for somebody who's just joined the team and actually they wanted to sculpt it or someone was just like, I'm going to sculpt Barrack because it's wicked and now we can release him with the rules and that's that's cool. Um, but yeah, the potential for High Elves to land would be wicked. It just regardless we can 100% with certainty say the games workshop are keeping an eye on what's going on in the blood Bowl community because the changes that they've done here for the most part as far as games workshop goes to get stuff right mm -hmm. this is pretty good like this pretty is top notch. this is pretty good i mean if there was anything you and i would want more from it ben can you was there anything you would anything you could think of like from a, from a single faq document um not that I've already said in terms of like a bit more focus on the stars, I think. I think, but other than that, it, it's nice to clear up the questions people had. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. It's not a huge amount that we're kind of left pondering around. I don't think. Not I, there it might be something I've forgotten, but the, yeah, I yeah. mean, we talked about whether or not Blood Bowl was complete, um, and it definitely isn't. But it, it's it's the closest that it's been in a, such a long time. It's, it's definitely getting there. Yeah, there's still the teams of legend that are going to drop when they drop, and there's still new teams that kind of land from Games Workshop, but constructed format is in a pretty good space. These adjustments yeah. are going to bring the outlier back in. We need to see the Goblin Stars land uh, just to give Goblins a little bit of a boost and, and bring it back in, and, and I'd like to somehow see a bit of a change of the Goblin roster to give them a bit of a just a bit of a something i don't think they need much of a change cost maybe a, a third troll or i don't know something just something to give him a bit of an edge but you know what maybe just ripper landing or just the star players landing would be uh, enough be ripper. Yeah, I'll be ripper. ripper and scrapper maybe just as that's yeah. kind of a little bit of option but you know we, we talked about this didn't we goblins aren't there to not there to win blood ball they're just there to cause carnage uh they're your heath ledger joker of blood bowl <laughs> um and uh, i think every single one of these teams there's an angle to take uh you know nurgle's probably the least attractive but we had three nurgle teams you know in our yeah. last tournament and they each yeah, had a, sure. a different angle like one 
what I want to do is playing vanilla Nurgle with no hack phlegm. Like, it was just going just pure, raw Nurgle. It's, it's, it's great because it's a challenge, and I, I like that. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of different ways to play it right now. And this could be the healthiest this game has been potentially ever. Like, I mean, obviously there was the golden era of the CRP where everything was the same for like 10 years. And there is a great thing about that, but I'd rather take this level of like, the rules are 95% there, but we're getting releases. We're getting cool new stuff. And as great as the third party releases are, Grebo cannot make teams as quickly and as cheaply as Games Workshop can. And I would rather have... I, I don't know, man. Like twenty five pounds. Just my millennial attention span, but I uh, I don't think I could cope playing the same thing for ten years. Stuff needs to change to well, keep the, me interested nowadays. This I was. Don't think I'm the only one. No, this was always. I think this was why it was so good with Blood Bowl. Is because if you were a, a mono gamer, oh, and all you did was play Blood Bowl, not even like at a league, but just you went to a Blood Bowl tournament every couple of months, every few months. It's the same, like. I mean, I remember when Warhammer Underworlds landed, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to get into that soon. And then two years later, everything is different. Everything's changed. The stuff I'd bought mm-hmm. and was like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll play some games of that. Rotated out, like literally unusable garbage at that point. You know, the great thing about the way Blood Bowl used to be is like, oh, I've got my slan team in the cupboard. How are slan these days? Exactly the same. All right, sweet. <laughs> I can just roll with slan. And it was it was nice. It was It was casual. And there was no like, yeah, that's true. there was no what I guess could be really only classified as meta anxiety, which you get with card games that you do get oh, yeah. with with the I'm... core games workshop games, right? Because yeah, like, to a degree for sure. Like, oh, I've got my Ultramarines army in the cupboard. How are they now? Well, actually, they're bigger now, and all your stuff doesn't count. Like, oh, I got Stormcast when Age of Sigmar landed. How how are Stormcast doing these days? I was like, well, they've got strictly better units. So everything you own is now just kind of robot men from Doctor Who garbage. Yeah. Like Yeah. Like and that doesn't happen in Blood Bowl. And when the the, the rules committee was looking after it, it was yeah, it was static and every now and again so it would get tweaked one way or another. But it was a casual game. But now it feels like this is a this is up there. Like it will never be as big as Age of Sigmar and and 40k. I I assume just because they have bigger monsters and tanks, and you know, I'm a big fan of both those things. Uh, that's why giants in Blood Bowl are so good. But like, oh, tanks in Blood Bowl? Are you talking? Um, <laughs> I, I pitched that once. I know we do. Yeah, that was wicked. But you know, having a having an evergreen product maintained by the community, it's free and ben you and i see this with the the one page rule stuff like and the other companies that just have rules and they don't change much they just are they're just there to play whereas games workshop are producing a a a product with a that is alive and things grow old and they change and they get different like this is this is a show this is a series right and you and i've said (laughs) like this is a season like we what we'd love is every year them to update it and be like the year 2582 griff got old he's now only movement six you know that that's that'd be really cool to see but man griff at the same time like you drop out and have a baby and then you come back uh when the baby's one because that's that's genuinely how life works uh and you're like oh you used to love running griff and you're like oh yeah he's in a wheelchair now um it's it's not you know (laughs) it's not potentially the best yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, we've got wheelchair grip. <laughs> um, ball and chain. Movement three. Strength five. Not great, but you know, he's okay. Excellent parking. Like, there's just some. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I. I love the idea of both sides of it, but the realization of how much gaming we can actually get in. I mean, yeah. I I've got. I am blessed. The way Tiff is just so chill about me going off and doing stupid stuff as you can see by this channel uh I, i'm you know amazing but i don't get to go to that many tournaments and that many events and if it, if the meta was changing every three months i think that would i mean it'd be great to make those videos and theorize rosters every three months i'd have a great time but you know what when we see our guys coming to the tournaments you know like we've got I don't know. I don't know what it is for Saturday on Beachhead. It's somewhere between 75 and 90, something like that, right? Yeah. Like, just, I guarantee you that a good third of those players are going to be like, oh, I only really play Blood Bowl at tournaments, and I go to about four a year. And it's like, actually, mm -hmm. you know what? I'd much rather we just had a game that people could casually play in. Actually, that, that's not fair. What I'd love to see is a subcategory of Blood Bowl, like with Magic the Gathering. Like you've got modern, you've got legacy, you've got standard. Yeah. Actually, it would, would be, be it would be sweet to be like, hey, here's the competitive, uh, the competitive format for for Blood Bowl right now, and that is tweaked based on uh, percentage, win percentage, and stars are regularly changing. Yeah. Like actually, can't take. Here's like a legacy format which yeah. doesn't really change. Yeah. Here's the book. Here's the rules as written. Enjoy your giants, your wizards, everything. Like go have a great time. Nothing's going to change unless Games Workshop changes it. But here's the competitive yeah. format, and I think the the Dutch all teams viable one is probably the best way they do that. They don't tweak the the price of stars. What they do tweak is the ability for teams to buy, um, like they so they've got like seven tiers. And they'll rotate teams in and out when they perform well or not, and it gives them opportunity to buy more players and more skills. And That's cool. it is really cool the way they do it using gold gold nuggets to these gold bars, and you can trade a gold bar for three skills or a coupon for pizza. It's a very strange. I it's, it's like a video game with all the uh, different currencies. Yeah, this one uh, you, all, you you get two rare candy from this. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, gems. yeah it's quite a cool idea and i don't know maybe as if if blood bowl gets stays alive to this level of vibrancy we could see that develop um and that would be very interesting to see a competitive sub format of blood bowl that rotates based on win percentages and tiers and actually you see different changes with star players um, but a, mm -hmm. a narrative way of doing it from Games Workshop would be really cool if they started to lean into the sports roleplay angle of it, like you said, Ben. Um, and just like, actually, this season, Hackflem is being, is playing for this team, so can't be taken by Underworld, but can now be taken by Blackhawks and Chaos. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be just like a cool thing. I think the, uh, War Machine sort of did a thing where they had like their star players and their different modes, like from different elements of their history. There was like epic walk after this guy and junior walk after this oh, guy that's cool um and it was it was quite cool and they could advance the story and they brought in like yeah meta graymon version of this dude um it's it's interesting like blood bowl's definitely the environment which you could do that in but i just think it's too much of a casual game to be uh like I guess to keep up with it that much. I just don't think wargaming can can cope with anything more than six months. I think six months is probably as frequently as you could change stuff. Well, uh, I think you're right. I think you're right to be fair. Like, yeah, unless it's like 
for some people it's very very like a full-time thing but oh, yeah man. the vast majority just to be just to be that i mean but that's kind of where magic do things and that cause that but their community's massive yeah. and you don't have to paint the cards <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a big yeah I mean, it doesn't matter how long. It doesn't matter how much notice I've got before an event. I will be painting it the night before anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Ben, I think we've covered everything on the list today. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, groovy, groovy, groovy. So then we will wrap up. Just want to say a big thank you to everybody listening, everybody who supports us, all of our patrons. We've got absolute scores of you in there. So thank you so much for supporting the show. Um I've got some work for you to do over the next month. And actually, if you're in a Discord, you as well. And that is looking at some Dungeon Bowl stuff, but also looking at what we're going to do differently, do better, what content you want us to see us move into next year. Um, you know, Ben and I have done a lot of hard work in the last few months to kind of make things a bit easier for us back at house. Uh, and that revolves around some of the e-commerce stuff we get on the website because at the moment it does not work for us and causes problems uh and also the way we film stuff so we do want your advice and input because we've got one two three four five six more games of the bonehead championship to film and put out and then we get the chance to do something a little bit different so it could be sevens it could be dungeon bowl it could be anything so uh we're definitely going to start moving in and pestering you guys to get your thoughts on that because we love playing blood bowl it doesn't really matter what we do um it's just about actually what is the most fun to watch and, and to partake in anyway bt thanks very much man it's always nice to hang out and i appreciate you letting me vent to you before the show always a pleasure it's all good this is our uh, time to you know, relax and catch up so yeah, it's, it's been it's been a week it's been a week yeah um right let's sign off then guys thank you very much for watching we'll be back soon with more blood bowl content happy blocking Thanks very much for watching. We really appreciate your support. If you want to help support the channel even further, please like and subscribe or come join us on our Patreon. We have early access to content. We get loads of feedback from you guys and we try and do competitions as much as we can. Or you can get yourself some Bonehead Podcast merch on our Spreadshirt site. So if you want to support a team, especially for the Bonehead Championship, you can pick up a shirt, a mug, things like that. It all helps support the channel and we really appreciate it. Anyway, links below. Thank you very much. Happy blocking.